So the reading is from Genesis chapter 48, um, starting at verse 8. Um, probably worth just a couple of sort of explanations since we're picking this one passage out. Israel um, here is obviously Jacob. That's the way he's being referred to here. The other thing to be aware of is that in uh, Jewish culture, blessing with the right hand was regarded as a better blessing uh, than the left. And you'll see why that's uh, worth noting when we come to it. When Israel saw the sons of Joseph, he asked, Who are these? These are the sons God has given me here, Joseph said to his father. Then Israel said, Bring them to me so I may bless them. Now Israel's eyes were failing because of old age, and he could hardly see. So Joseph brought his sons close to him, and his father kissed them and embraced them. Israel said to Joseph, I never expected to see your face again, and now God has allowed me to see your children too. Then Joseph removed them from Israel's knees and bowed down with his face to the ground. And Joseph took both of them, Ephraim on his right towards Israel's left hand, and Manasseh on his left towards Israel's right hand, and brought them close to him. But Israel reached out his right hand and put it on Ephraim's head though he was the younger, and crossing his arms, he put his left hand on Manasseh's head, even though Manasseh was the firstborn. Then he blessed Joseph and said, May the God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life to this day, the angel who has delivered me from all harm, may he bless these boys. May they be called by my name and the names of my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, and may they increase greatly upon the earth. Thanks be to God. Good morning. Perhaps a little more, just as a gentle reminder. Joseph, son of Jacob the popular one with his brothers, the one who got the Technicolor dream coat, sold into slavery by his brothers, letting his father believe he'd been mauled by a lion, into slavery into Egypt, climbing the slippery slope to prominence, becoming important and wealthy eventually being reconciled to his brothers and bringing his father to stay and live with him in Egypt. And here he is, bringing his sons for his father's blessing. It made me very sad to read this passage last week. My granddad... Joe Rotheray, was a Bradford boy. He went into the wool trade as a young teenager, as a packer, packing up big bales of wool. He worked through his life in that one company until he was managing director. He left, started his own company, and began to import merino wool from South Africa. Very high quality. He had a very successful business. 
His older son, my father Dennis, was slight and very short-sighted. But he was the first in his family to go to university. Took a brilliant first at Cambridge and spent his life in academia. The younger son, Bernard, was burly and sporty and went into the wool trade like his father. His father, my grandfather Joe, advised him to go out to South Africa and learn the wool trade there so that he would be able to come back and take over his father's business. My grandfather told me that that was the worst decision he'd ever made in his life. Bernard went out to South Africa. He learnt the wool trade. He married. He had children. He never came back. My grandfather didn't see that side of the family. He didn't see those grandchildren growing up. He rarely saw his son. This was the 1950s. A letter to South Africa took weeks. The letter coming back took weeks. I see three of my four children several times a week. Two of them I see every day. The fourth, thanks to the miracle of FaceTime, I probably see every week or two. What a difference. What a blessing. So you can understand when I read this chapter in Genesis, I could relate to the sadness. But Jacob, you know, had thought his son Joseph, his favourite son, he'd thought him lost and dead. It says there, I thought never to set eyes on you again. And now, here you are, at grandson's too. He got only a brief opportunity in his old age with his eyesight failing. Look at what he missed all the years before. When our children were small, they didn't see all that much of the grandparents. My parents were nearly 300 miles away up in Hull. Chris's parents were probably 10 years older and didn't travel that often. Some of you will know that the patch of land next to our house on the corner in Handcross used to be an allotment gardens. And George Jenner kept an allotment there. An elderly man, wonderful gardener, great Sussex countryman. He was there every day. <coughs> And when the kids could see him there, they were off running across our garden over to the allotment. They had a grandfather right there, every day. Some of you will remember Rex Norris arriving here with pockets full of sweets in the days when sweets weren't frowned upon for small children. Some of you will remember... Pat and Gloria, 
doting grandmothers with the children's groups here. We all know Rita. Looking after first steps, even today, bringing young families, girls and their children, to the first steps and first songs. All of those people of an age to be grandparents. All of those people, in fact, fulfilling the role of a grandparent. I suppose there was a time when young children saw their grandparents often. Perhaps they lived with them, or maybe they were only a few doors down the street in the time of the extended family. Then came the nuclear family, our family, mum, dad, kids, grandparents, hundreds of miles away. Now we can see lone parents. That must be a tough life. You need your support systems. We can see the boomerang generation as we see with two of our kids back living at home in their thirties. It's a struggle. And you know, I think too often we're losing touch between the generations. Families are under pressure, under pressure I think as never before. What are your chances of getting a mortgage on one salary? Not good. So we're busy. We're horrendously busy. Just look around. Just, let's just try something. If you are on the cleaning rotor, or the flower rotor, or the coffee rotor, or the sidesman's rotor, stand up. Have a look around. If you are... 60 or over, sit down. Thank you, sit down. We should be thanking those people who remain standing. They're the people who are finding time for the church when they've got a desperately busy life already. So we can see who has the time and the opportunity. Retirement age is going up, isn't it, all the time. Going to be fewer and fewer pensioners not whizzing out to work. But I've seen some great news. I trawled through. I remembered seeing these. And I looked. I found an article about nursery school children making regular visits to the residential care home next door. There they were, singing nursery rhymes and dancing. Half of them were under three, the other half were over 90. But what a wonderful intergenerational reaction. It was great for all of them. And I see pensioners who visit primary schools. They read to the kids, they sit and listen to them read. They tell them how it was when they were three or four or five, all those 60 or 70 years ago. 
It's an education for everyone. And it's a joy. Our children seeing George every day was a blessing for them. It was a blessing for him. And it was a blessing for us. There weren't any losers. The losers are my granddad, Bernard, who lived their lives so separated. We're not meant to live like that. You know, this notion of an ageist apartheid is very unhealthy. So, if you are older, don't write off your chances of being involved with young children. Grandchildren are a blessing. Here we've got Proverbs 17. Grandchildren are the crowning glory of the aged. Even if they're somebody else's. Grandparents can be a blessing in a busy, busy world. And they can be a blessing whilst being blessed themselves. We have our older granddaughter Kaylee two days a week and then once overnight. It's great. I wouldn't give it up for the world. And everybody wins. Her mum and dad get a bit of a break. They've got a busy life. We get an absolutely delightful child most of the time. <coughs> and she gets a freedom saw a little thing recently on Facebook it's hot, shall we ask mum if we can have some ice cream and if she says no we can ask dad and if he says no we can ask granny and if she, oh granny never says no <laughs> you get a freedom as a grandparent you never had as a parent but it's a freedom that everybody loves so Take the opportunity. Be a grandparent. Take the opportunity. Parents. Find a grandparent, even if you have to borrow somebody else's. We don't have to stick with the old Israeli notion there that it is important to pass on to our own flesh and blood. Not that it isn't important, but lots of us don't have our own flesh and blood or don't have them there at hand. Doesn't have to stop us. As Carl said at the beginning, Pass on what you have to the next generation, to your children and your children's children. Or somebody else's children. Or somebody else's children's children. Take the opportunity. You won't regret it. <laughs>